Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is The Nest, our mini-show that's all about the delightful and delicious things that make our homes just where we want to be. And it's Watch, Read, Listen time. It is. I love this. We've been doing this once a month, and I just think it's so much fun to talk a little bit about what we're watching, what we're reading, what we're listening to, and hopefully it will inspire you to pick up something new. It certainly has been great for me. Okay, what are you watching? Uh, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. What? Have you Cat ever on seen a Hot Tin Roof. Okay, seriously, do you does that title not ring any bells with you? No, nothing. Oh, this is exciting then for you. This is very exciting for you. This is on Netflix right now. You can watch it. Paul Newman, Elizabeth Taylor in the movie um of the Tennessee Williams play Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Okay, great. Okay, so let's go back a generation. Do you know who Paul Newman is? I do. Yes, I like his um Newman's uh, treats. Okay, like his, so you know him from food. I know, you know him from him? salad dressing and Fig <laughs> Newmans. Do you but know I also him? know he was an actor, yes, of course, and is an okay. actor. Is he alive ever, or dead? He's dead. Okay. Have you ever watched Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? No, but I do know what oh. that is. Oh, with Robert Redford. Elizabeth, Elizabeth. <laughs> okay, so it's Paul Newman. Okay, do you know who Elizabeth Taylor is? Yes, I do. Purple <laughs> Eyes. Purple eyes. Have you ever seen her act in anything? Mm, I don't think so. The White Diamonds commercials. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is Elizabeth Taylor from the 1950s. Beauty beyond beauty. And every time I see her in, in – I saw her in something else recent. Oh, um, another movie that I recommended with her that suddenly I can't remember the name. But Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Elizabeth Taylor – She's amazing in this. Paul Newman is amazing in this. And it is about, it's a, the movie is about, and the play is about, uh, it's another very joyful thing that I always bring to the table. It's about alcoholism. (laughs) It's about deception. It's about dysfunctional families. It's about homosexuality. And this is what's really interesting. That sounds edgy for the 50s. Oh my God. They, they, they couch it all the way through the movie. And so my watch is going to leave me just real quickly. I'm going to cheat a little bit into my read because in the movie, you're like, okay, is this all about homosexuality? Because they're really not talking about it. And so I looked up the play. I'd never read the play by Tennessee Williams. And uh, yes, it is. In 1955, this was a super edgy play that won the Pulitzer Prize because it's about a son struggling with his family and his wife, hence Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, all about sex. I mean, it's amazing. And so I started reading the play uh, this weekend, and the play is amazing. I mean, just, I'm so excited about this. Okay, that's really fun that you watched the movie, got so into it. I always love when you watch something and it encourages you to think about other things. Right. And then now you're reading the play. 
now I'm reading the play, and I have to tell you, I've never read any Tennessee Williams ever. And of course, most people have heard of Tennessee Williams, uh, but I've never read anything by him. Holy smokes. So beautiful. The writing, it's amazing. So it was a very exciting weekend for me. So that's okay, what that's I'm really great. watching and reading. You know, that's fun that you bring up that your watch and read are kind of flowing together because mm-hmm. mine sort of flow together a little bit too. Oh, good. Go, go, so go. So what I just watched um, last week that people have been telling me for months that I need to watch and I finally watched it is the documentary Biggest Little Farm. Biggest Little oh. Farm. It's I, so I don't know wonderful. Oh my gosh. It is just so fabulous. And I had, I knew I needed to see this. I'd had people say, have you seen this? This is so something that you would love. And I finally rented it the other night. So you can rent it on, you know, like Amazon or iTunes or whatever. It's not on any of the streaming services. You actually have to pay to rent it. So I forked over the five ninety nine and went for it. Right. And it's called The Biggest Little Farm. And it is based on um, this fabulous farm in California uh, that was taken over by a couple named John and Molly Chester. So John was a wildlife photographer prior to becoming a farmer. And he and his wife, Molly, had this dream of owning a farm. And then they figured out that they couldn't afford to buy any land in California to buy a farm. So they got investors and they bought this barren, miserable farm, 200 acres (laughs) in California that was literally dead. Everything was dead. Everything about the land was dead. And this documentary is based on their journey. It is their journey on the first eight years of them living on the farm and how they brought this land back to life. And it was just so beautifully shot. The storytelling is really phenomenal. And if you care about food or you care about the environment, you will especially just be obsessed with it. And if you don't care about those things, it will open your eyes to something really beautiful. So, Oh, I love that. I really loved it. I thought it was just wonderful to watch. I enjoyed it. I want to watch it again. And it was just really great. And it was such a reminder of how miraculous nature is and how this earth is just set up to work in harmony and how if we can work with it, we will be so much better off than if we fight against it. It was oh, really I love great. That. Yeah, and how so. easily I love the message because it's always amazing to me when I see documentaries like that about how the earth can recover from what we've done to it if we just stop doing it. Oh my gosh, isn't that the truth? Yeah. The truth. It was simultaneously inspiring and then also as you realize the statistics of how many farms are run this way? It is in the like 0.5%. Mm. It, you know, that, that it feels a little bit disheartening, but I do feel yeah. like more people are getting this message, which was really great. And then my read goes back a little while too. And um, this has to do with food. I love food memoirs. I just like <laughs> love food memoirs. It's not surprising, but I love them. I love the difference between us, Elizabeth. I know. I love movies about dysfunctional, unhappy (laughs) families, and you love food memoirs. I love food memoirs. It's good. So this one um, that I really think that you should give a try if you like food memoirs is by Amy Thielen. It's called Give a Girl a Knife. Amy Thielen is a Minnesota born and raised chef who um, grew up in a really small town in Minnesota and then went to New York and worked as a chef in some really amazing restaurants. And so not only was she a minority in that she was a Midwesterner, but then she was also a woman in these restaurants, in these high-pressure restaurants. And, and what how year she would this have been? navigated that was really interesting. It was like in the 
gosh, early 2000s. Okay, so yeah, she was a rarity. Yeah, and then it talks a lot about, she talks a lot about then her journey back home. And so that's another thing that I love about this book is it was about, you know, Amy, and I know Amy, and she's fabulous. She had a show on Food Network for a little uh, bit of time. She has a cookbook called The New Midwestern Table that is just glorious, and she has this um, French onion dip recipe in there that I like lose my mind for. It's so good. But the memoir was really fun because it, it is, I just love stories of figuring out who you are, going out and doing it, and then never getting your goal get in the way of what you really want in life. Then she and realized I- that what she really wanted in life was to be home and leaving what she'd accomplished didn't mean that it took away anything from what she'd accomplished. Right. Right. And I love these sorts of books uh, especially around graduation and the holidays as gifts for 20-somethings because mm-hmm. I am deeply immersed in the 20-something world right now, mostly because I work with students and I have two 20-year-olds, uh, 20-somethings, and there's so much talk and chatter about where are we going, what are we doing, how fast are we going to get there. Oh, gosh, I know. And I think books like that – can show you, can give you a roadmap that a lot of people don't know where they're going to end up and that you just have to slow down a little bit, look for the right opportunities, listen to that still small voice, and it'll take you into surprising places. It's totally true. Get rid of the angst. (laughs) Get rid of the angst. Ditch the angst. Yeah, it's a great book. It's a great read. It's not stressful. It's not like Amy Thielen is revealing these deep, dark secrets. She's just sharing her story, which sometimes I feel like when you read a memoir, you go, well, the only way to have a memoir is to have like a really traumatic life. And no. Amy proves that that's not the case. You no, can just, and- everybody has a story. You can have your yep. life. Yep. I love that. Okay. What I'm listening to. So Harry Styles from One Direction, but now he's on his own, was on Saturday Night Live a couple of weeks ago. And I confess I like One Direction. <laughs> <laughs> I love the song Story of My Life. Nothing wrong with that. I think it's a great song. I love that song so much. So when Harry Styles was on Saturday Night Live, he sang uh, a new song off of his new album called Watermelon Sugar. Have you seen this? No. Oh, my God. I love the song so much. I love it so, so much. Watch the Saturday Night Live version of him singing live. So good. He's, and I don't care. I'm in my 50s. He's so sexy. It's just, (laughs) it's so good. Um, But then I did, of course, as I always do, once I see something I like, I then deep dive again. And so I was going back and listening to some of his music from his first uh, solo album. And there's a song on it called Sign of the Times. Yes. Which is so good. It's so good. So if you feel like doing a deep dive on somebody unexpected that you might not normally listen to, Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you are um, you're loving listening to somebody who's sort of like a young kid. I'm yes. going back to me being a young kid for what I'm listening to, okay? <laughs> so I had the most wonderful experience, Marjorie. I got to meet one of my childhood idols. I mean, someone who I just admired more than anybody and who I just looked up to and wanted to be. And that is Amy Grant. I Amy love Grant. This. I met I Amy Grant. This. I chatted with Amy Grant. I <sighs> sang with Amy Grant. And okay. now I have Amy Grant's cell phone number. Can you stand oh. it? Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait. Okay. I, I, I was loving all of this. And then you got to this. What? I know. We're totally friends. So I met <gasps> Amy Grant for, um, Girls for Twin Weekend. Cities Live. 
It was Girls so weekend. good. <laughs> totally, right? I um I got to meet Amy Grant. We found out that she was coming to the Twin Cities and she does these holiday concerts with Michael W. Smith. She hadn't done one in the Twin Cities in a few years, and so she was coming back and I mentioned on the show, oh my gosh, wouldn't it be I would just die to meet her. It would just be so Unbelievable. I grew up, you know, belonging to the church that my dad was the pastor of. And when you're a pastor's kid, you have to perform in front of the church, whatever talent you have. And I had oh. a minor talent of singing. And so I would sing solos oh. and I would sing Amy Grant's songs in front of the congregation for years. And I just adored her. And so then my co-host Steve said, well, wouldn't it be even better if you got to sing with her? And I was like, back up the train. That's too much pressure. Anyway, right. fast forward a few months. It turns into this whole big production, and Amy Grant agrees not only to meet with me and hang out with me, to, but to bring her guitar and sing with me. Okay, this and is crazy. It was just so fun because she was incredible. And so now what I've been listening to is Amy Grant nonstop because I also, before I was meeting with her, I just went in and started, you know, watching interviews with her and listening to her music again, which I, you know, hadn't listened to in a long time. And And it's great. It's great. And it brings you back and it just makes you remember where you were at that time that you fell in love with that music. And so Home for Christmas is my favorite Christmas album of her. Mm. She has a couple of them. But that one is so fantastic and classic and fabulous. And and what was so wonderful about spending time with her was really just – it's such a beautiful thing when you meet someone that you admire – and they just live up to what you hoped that they would be and that you can just have a nice connection with them. It was so great. And then the second thing was I was so freaking terrified to sing Marjorie. <laughs> like I was panicking. I was actually really? dreading the day coming because okay, see, I was I've so never, worried. I have never – I don't think I've ever – in all the years I've known you, in all the years that we've done radio remotes together, we've done stuff together, uh, TV together we've done – I don't ever remember seeing you nervous, ever. The staff could not believe it. They could what not believe that, how nervous I was. What does that look like with you? I was just very, like, I, I had my lips were pursed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was just so nervous because I, you know, and I think some of it came down to the fact, too, that I just, you know, I used to be a pretty good singer. I mean, I wasn't like an amazing singer. No, but, but you I was a good do. singer. I mean, I was in... You know, I would audition for a choir and I would get into the top choir. You know, I mean, right. it was like I was a I was a good singer. And so to but singing isn't something that you can just do forever if you don't practice and work at it. And right. so I was very nervous about how it was going to be to do something publicly that I once was good at that right. then I turned out I suck at. And so right. I was so afraid. So I did prepare. I took a voice lesson. I practiced. <laughs> I really like reached out to people to kind of get in the right headspace about this. And then, um, and then I went and sang with her and it went great. And it was so fun. And she said, I sounded like a young her. I mean, I died. Oh, oh, oh. It was like the 12 year old inside of me just straight up collapsed and passed out in the narthex of the church hearing that. Oh, Elizabeth. Yeah. It was really great. So I've been listening to a lot of Amy Grant and um and if you loved Amy Grant like I did, I've been hearing from so many people who said, "Oh my gosh, I love her or I loved her or yeah. I just think go back into the archives and bust out um her Christmas album this holiday season and you'll be so happy that you did." 
Well, not only do I love Amy Grant, so I've got a couple of her, I've got a couple of um, CDs of hers, including one of the Christmas albums, but I don't know which one it is because I adore her. And my big Amy Grant story is nothing like yours. But when I lived in Nashville, I stood in front of her in in the line in Target. And it was very <laughs> Very exciting because I just was like, oh, my God, that's Amy Grant. That's Amy Grant. That's Amy Grant. And she's but a target. And she's a target. But but that was so the way Nashville was. I mean, I remember going shopping at um, Kroger in Nashville and Trisha Yearwood was in the parking lot. You oh, know, for sure. Like, you're always seeing country stars it's you know, so, all and the it time. Was, and it turned out to be really funny because in order to meet her, I had a trip booked to Nashville Right. <laughs> the day that I was – meeting with her and in order to fit in meeting with her I had to I had to work that day I was taking the day off but since she was going to be in town and she agreed to meet with me I worked and changed my flight so that I could go and see her and then um and then it was so funny because she was like oh my gosh how long are you going to be there I'm going to be back on Monday and I said I'm leaving on Monday she's like can you stay longer we (gasps) should go out I mean it was just Oh, my God. Really fabulous. Well, the next time you go down there, she lives, and you've probably never been down there, she lives in a little town called Franklin. No, and I always want to go to Franklin, and and how perfect because I have a son named Franklin. Yeah, it's darling, and it's worth anybody who's planning on going to Nashville, if you've got a little bit of time. I think Franklin's about an hour about an hour outside of Nashville, but a lot of the big country stars all live down in Franklin. Um, But not only Amy Grant's special for another reason, I adore who she's married to. Oh, I know Vince Gill. Vince Gill. And he is, he has one of, like, one of my go-to stress-relieving songs is Carrie Underwood singing with Vince Gill, How Great Thou Art. Oh, yeah. If you have never watched those two perform together, I just, it just puts me at peace in a moment. And Vince Gill, I mean, his voice between Amy Grant and Finn Skill, I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like in their house when they're just walking around singing. It's two of the most <laughs> beautiful voices. Oh, I'm so excited for you. I'm going to go watch you. So tell everybody where they can see it, though. You can, see, can see all this. of the stories that we did on Amy Grant on TwinCitiesLive.com. So go to oh, TwinCitiesLive.com. You can check it out. And I'm going to try to get them all and post them on my Instagram as well so you'd be able to see it. So oh, that's what we've got. A good watch, read, listen this December. I bet. And congratulations to you. That's a big thing you did. It was super cool. Okay. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast and share it with a friend. And if you're super motivated, give us a little review at Apple Podcasts. So Mama to Aiden and Charlie writes this. I loved Marjorie and Elizabeth on the radio and now love them even more on Best to the Nest. As a mom to a five and a three and a half year old, I am constantly trying to balance work, parenting, and my marriage. I love the concept of bringing your best home and the relatability of these ladies is so refreshing. Keep the good ideas and realness coming. Thank you, Mama. And please reach out to us. You can find both of us on Instagram at Best to the Nest or at Eliz Reese and at It's Me Marjorie One. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. How about a little baby, baby? I can't even sing. Can you do it? <laughs> that can was good. Baby, no, baby. That's all I've got for you. <laughs> To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, 
My Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.